sometimes I think we all feel that if we could just change our circumstances, go somewhere out of the ordinary, do something extraordinary, then our lives would be worthwhile. That would be valuable and it would be full of meaning and purpose. But on Father's Day, we celebrate and give God thanks for dads, not because they've gone somewhere special or because they've done something astonishing like saving the world, but simply because they're present in our lives, in their kids' lives. They turn up every day and they love their kids in the ordinary things of life. They serve in the role that God has called them to. And that's something that we all need to learn to do. Living valuable, meaningful, significant lives is not about changing our circumstances or location or status. Rather, it's about just serving where we are. So we're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 7 uh, this morning, uh, from verse 17 to verse 24, and Alison's going to come up. Come on, Alison. And she's going to read uh, to us uh, this morning. Nevertheless, each one should retain the place in life that the Lord assigned to him, and to watch which God has called him. This is the rule I lay down in all my churches. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's command is what, what counts. Each one should remain in the situation which he was in when God called him. Were you a slave, let him... Were, were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you. Although if you gain your freedom, do so. For he was a slave when he was called by the Lord is the Lord's freed man. Similarly, he, he who was free man when he was called is Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brothers, each man, as responsible to God, should remain in the situation God called him to. Thank you very much, Alison. Okay, over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at Paul's answer to the church, the church's questions about marriage, singleness, and divorce. Paul has said that neither being married nor being single is more spiritual. And he says, so if we're, spir- if we're single then it's good to stay single because of the opportunities it presents. And we're going to think a little bit more about that next week. But if we're married, then we should stay married and be fully and faithfully committed to our covenant relationship with our spouse. But this principle of staying doesn't only apply to marriage. It can be applied to other aspects of our lives. So, three times in this short passage, Paul says this. Verse 17, each one 
should retain the place in life that the Lord assigned to him. Verse 20, each one should remain in the situation which he was in when God called him. And in verse 24, each man, as responsible to God, should remain in the situation God called him to. Whatever situation we are in when, when we trust in Jesus, whatever role we have when we become a Christian, we should stay there, Paul says. Now that's not an absolute rule that we can enforce in every kind of situation in our lives. We'll see that here in this passage and we'll see it next week when Paul gives the uh, people who are single the freedom to choose to get married if they want. And of course, the Apostle Paul's life was transformed. When he trusted in Jesus, he was called to be an Apostle uh, for, for, of Christ. And then he left his home and travelled around sharing the Gospel and planting churches. So it's not an absolute rule to say that we can't change anything in our lives. But it is a general principle. As a Christian, we do not need to change our situation or our place in order to live for God. Instead, we can be content in the circumstances that we're in. And that's a crucial lesson for us, because we live in such a discontented world. Many people think that their lives would be better more meaningful, more satisfying if they could just change their circumstances. Maybe live in a different community or move to a better house or get a new job or lose a better weight, change our, our government, marry a more loving partner, have more money in the bank. And of course, the advertising industry feeds off this discontent, doesn't it? They sell us so much stuff by convincing us that life would just be great if we went and shopped in that store or bought this product or wore that brand of clothes or drove that car or had that new phone or ate this food or drank this drink. And even as Christians, we might sometimes buy into that kind of thinking. We might say, if we could only change our circumstances, then we could really serve Christ. But the Apostle Paul disagreed. His general principle for life was, stay where you are. Don't try and live out somebody else's life. Don't wish for a change of circumstances. Live for God where you are now. But why? Why did Paul say that? Well, first of all, it's because our circumstances are not an accident. Look at verse 17 again. Each one should retain the place in life that the Lord assigned to him and to which God called him. The situation that we're in, the place we live, the family we're born into, the personality that we have, all of these are not 
random. They're not just the result of chance. Rather, they are the result of God's sovereign grace and choice in our lives. He assigned to us our place in life. This is what Paul preached in the city of Athens just before he arrived in Corinth. He said this, Acts 17, From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. We are not here by accident. God is determined that we should live at this time and in this place. And God has a purpose in it. In the Old Testament, Esther was part of the Jewish community that was taken into exile into Babylon. Because of her beauty, she ended up being the queen to King Xerxes. But when the Jewish population was in danger of annihilation at the hands of Haman, her uncle Mordecai recognized that she was queen for a purpose. Mordecai said to her, Who knows, but that you have come to royal position for such a time as this. God brought Esther into that palace with direct access to the most powerful man at that that time so she could be used by God to protect her people. And God has brought us here for such a time as this. He's placed us in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, or colleges, or workplaces for a purpose. He wants to work through us exactly where we are. And that is true even if our circumstances are incredibly difficult and challenging. Remember Joseph? How he ended up in Egypt? as a result of the favoritism of his father and the jealousy of his brothers. But years later, he could look back and say to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Maybe we've ended up here because things did not turn out as we had hoped. Maybe it was through our own mistakes or through the wrongs of others. But we can rest in knowing that even in the difficult and painful times, our God is in control. And our God is working for our good. Where we are today is not by accident. The Lord has assigned this to us. God has called us to to this. So we don't need to wait for a change of circumstances before we go and serve God. 
We can live for God where we are now, today. But that's also true because our circumstances don't define us. Last week in one of my news apps, I was reading the story about a guy called Freddie Figures over in the States. He's a 31-year-old inventor, entrepreneur, and telecoms millionaire. But this guy, Freddie, wasn't born into a privileged situation. As a newborn baby, he was found abandoned next to a rubbish bin. And as a result, he struggled with his feelings that he himself was a piece of rubbish. That he was unwanted, unloved, not without any value. And this was made worse by the kids in the neighbourhood who bullied him and called him dumpster baby and trash can boy. When he got off the school bus after being at school, the kids used to grab him and actually stick him in a, in a rubbish bin and laugh at him. But Freddie was loved by this couple here on the screen. Nathan and Betty May. A couple who were in their 50s when they adopted Freddie when he was a baby. They gave him all the love that he could ever want and provided him with a powerful role model of love and care as well as a concern for others. So when Freddie was nine years old, his, his dad adopt, bought him an old computer from a charity shop. It wouldn't even switch on. But Freddie took it apart and managed to get it working after 50 attempts. And that started Freddie's love affair with technology that started him to, to set up a little business repairing computers and writing and selling computer programs. And through this he was able to develop technology to help people. So when his dad started to wander off because of his Alzheimer's, Freddie designed a little GPS unit that fitted into his dad's shoe so they could find him. And then when his uncle died from a diabetic coma, Freddie invented a, a smart glucometer that monitors and shares a person's dangerous blood sugar level. And even though he's a millionaire, he doesn't forget where he's from. So as well as his business, he runs a charity that provides education and healthcare projects and helps disadvantaged children. He doesn't forget his background, but he hasn't been limited by his background. And the one piece of advice that he wants to pass on to others is this. Don't let your circumstances define who you are. And I think the Apostle Paul would agree. Don't let your circumstances define who you are. He, Paul didn't want these Corinthians to be defined by their circumstances. So look at verse 18. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? he should not become circumcised. In the early church, circumcision was deeply controversial. The, the Greeks and the Romans thought about it as a, as a kind of mutilation. 
But some Jewish believers thought it was really important. They actually thought that that Christians, Gentile Christians, had to become Jews in order to be accepted by God. So they said things like this in Acts 15, unless you are circumcised according to the law of Moses, you cannot be saved. So which was right? Should Jewish believers become Gentiles? Should Gentile believers become Jews? Well, Paul said no. Just stay the way you are, he said. That's because, verse 19, circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Jews don't need to become Gentiles. Gentiles don't need to become Jews. Our circumstances, our religious backgrounds do not define who we are. Being circumcised or uncircumcised doesn't make us closer to God. These externals don't matter. All that matters is keeping God's commands. And what does God want us to do? Well, when some Jews asked Jesus how they could do the work that God wants them to do, this is what Jesus said. The work of God is this. To believe in the one he has sent. That's what's important. Have we turned from our sin and rebellion and put our faith and trust in Jesus? If we have, then it doesn't matter where we've come from. It doesn't matter what religious background we have or what religious experiences or ceremonies or rituals we've gone through. We've been fully forgiven if we've trusted in Jesus. We've been declared righteous for all time if we've put our faith in Him. We've been adopted into His family. We've been sealed by His Spirit. This is what Paul says in Galatians chapter 3. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So we don't need to try and change our circumstances in order to be closer to God. In fact, to do that is kind of saying that Jesus is not enough. If we, need to say, if we ever say that we need to put our trust in Jesus as well as do this, 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 then we're just taking away from the value and the sufficiency of Christ. That's what Paul went on to say in Galatians. If you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. We don't need to go after all these experiences and rituals. We don't need to worry about what group we do or don't belong to. Our circumstances, whatever they are, do not define us. Because if we are in Christ, then we are 
the children of God. And as children of God, we can serve God whatever obstacles we face. That's because our circumstances not only don't define us, they also don't confine us. Look at verse 21. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you. Although if you can gain your freedom, do so. Slavery was incredibly common in the Roman Empire. Records suggest that maybe one in five people in the whole of the Roman Empire was a slave. And they were seen as the, the lowest of the society. They had no rights, no legal status. They were virtually looked on like a piece of property. Not a human being. So what Paul said here was radical. He said, if you're a slave, don't worry about it. Don't be concerned about it. Now that wasn't because he thought being a slave was good or slavery was good. He said here that if slaves could gain their freedom, then they should do so. And later on he said that we should not become slaves of men. If possible. But what Paul wanted them to realize was that slavery did not need to prevent them from living for God. Slavery robbed them of many of their freedoms, but it could not stop them from serving Christ. That's because you were bought at a price. On the cross, Jesus paid for their freedom. He redeemed them. He set them free from sin and death and hell. And He bought them back so that they could belong to God and so that they could live for God. So Paul says in verse 22, He who was a slave when he was called by the Lord is the Lord's freedman. Even as they suffered the injustice and brutality of slavery, they were called by Christ to live in the freedom that He alone can give. And similarly, He who was a free man when He was called as Christ's slave, even if He lived in freedom in this world, they were bound to Christ and called to live for Christ. They were not their own. They did not belong to themselves. They belonged to Christ and they were called to live for Him. So ultimately it didn't matter if they were slaves or free because as Christ, Christians they were all free to serve Christ. And so for us, whatever our circumstances, whatever our employment status, whatever our limitations or restrictions, we are called to serve Jesus in the freedom that He has given us. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ 
you are serving. Of course, that doesn't mean it's wrong to look for a new job or to look for promotion. But what it does mean is that we do not need to think that our circumstances are preventing us from living for God. None of us need to be here saying, well, I can't serve God because of this circumstance or because of this situation or because I'm in this problem. We do not need to be frustrated to think that if only God could change our situation in life, then we could serve Him. Because of Christ, whatever situation we're in, whatever issues we face, whatever struggles we have, whatever suffering we're going through, we can serve God right now. So this is a wonderful principle to live by. We don't need a change of circumstances to live a life that's worthwhile. Our religious background, our social status, our marital status, they are not barriers to living that abundant life that Jesus died on the cross to give us. We can stay where we are because our circumstances are not an accident. Our circumstances do not define us. And our circumstances do not confine us. If we have trusted in Jesus, then we are children of God. And we've been set free to live for God. So today, whatever our life is like, we can offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, and live to serve the one who loved us and gave himself for us.